Are you a current or future physician assistant wanting to learn more about finances? Then join me on this journey to become a PA the FI way. Hi, my name is Kat and I'm a practicing certified physician assistant who will be your host. It took me five years after I started practicing medicine as a PA to thoroughly dive into my personal finances after I discovered the concept of financial independence. I want to use what I have learned to help you avoid some of the financial mistakes that I have made while sharing some of the financial wins that I have had along the way. Join me as we discuss financial strategies to guide you to becoming a physician assistant on the way to financial independence. Before we dive into today's episode, I want to take a moment to thank Picmonic for sponsoring this episode. Picmonic is an incredible studying tool, especially for all of my fellow visual learners out there. Picmonic provides quick and effective two-minute videos that help you connect facts that are difficult to remember with unforgettable characters. The videos tie the information that you're studying together into ridiculously memorable stories. This will help you with recollection when taking your exams either in PA school or when taking the pants as a new grad. As a special bonus for you, if you sign up today using the link in the show notes or code PAFI, you'll get 20% off of your Picmonic membership. Now let's get started with today's episode. Welcome back everyone to the PA the FI way podcast. I'm your host Kat and thank you so much for joining me for today's show. Before we dive into the topic of today's show, where I review how to take care of your mental health in PA school, I want to share a couple of updates from this past week that I experienced as a PA. I live and practice in the state of Minnesota, and our PA society is called MAPA, Minnesota Academy of PAs. And last week was our PA Day on the Hill, and that is the day where we can sign up and go to our state capitol to advocate for different legislative changes that we would like to see with our profession. So although I've been practicing for almost nine years now as a PA. This is the first year that I signed up for PA Day on the Hill because it usually follows in the middle of the week. And this year I am able to choose my own schedule with a lot more flexibility. And I want to be more involved with advocating for our profession. So I decided to sign up for this day. And for our state, we had two different topics that we were trying to highlight. One is trying to pass what's called the PA Compact. And the PA Compact would be a change where if there are other states besides Minnesota that have similar wording and definitions in their statutes of what PAs can do, then the states can have a reciprocating agreement where PAs can practice medicine in other states besides the one state that they're licensed in. So for example, I am a telemedicine PA currently working in psychiatry. If my patients are not located physically in the state of Minnesota right now during our visits, then they need to reschedule until they're back in Minnesota. If the PA compact were to pass in the future, let's say my patients go to college in Wisconsin or Iowa or are traveling and visiting relatives in one of those states, if those states are included with Minnesota for the compact, then I could see patients in those states as well. Another point of discussion with the representatives that we had was to highlight that PA's practice in mental health, again, as I do as a psychiatry PA, but also that family medicine PAs see a lot of mental health concerns by their patients as well. In the future, we're going to try to have some wording change with our statutes because currently 
how the wording is, is that we aren't really recognized as mental health providers, which is really interesting. So that can result in barriers where we might not be able to complete certain forms for patients, need to talk to our supervising physician about completing the forms on our behalf or things like that. Anyway, it was cool how my first PA day on the Hill was discussing two topics that are very applicable to me as a telepsych PA. I talked with a senator as well as a representative, and the representative said he wasn't familiar with PAs, so I spent part of my meeting with him discussing our profession in general. And it sounds like both of them seem like they will support both of the bills that we're hoping to get passed in the future, which is really cool to hear. Another quick update was that MAPA hosted the Spring CME Conference, and my friend and colleague, Kristen, who has been on the show in the past talking about 1099 positions, as well as two other friends and former colleagues and I, all presented at the conference talking about psychiatry tips for primary care. And it was really fun to not only present amongst our colleagues and peers, but also to do that collaboratively with friends and colleagues too. So I say these things to encourage you, if you have not yet attended your state PA Day on the Hill, or presented at a CME conference, I encourage you to try these things to further your leadership skills and advance our profession as PAs. Many of you who are listening to this episode will very likely be students because it is geared towards how to take care of your mental health while you are in PA school. And if that's the case, you may not have had a chance to go to PA Day on the Hill, although some states do have students join or present a CME lecture yet, but I encourage that you keep those in the back of your mind in the future once you start practicing as a PA as well. So before we dive into how you can take care of your mental health and protect it and hopefully help it while you're in PA school, I want to first share some brief results of some studies that have been published to validate that PA students do get symptoms like depression, anxiety, and burnout symptoms during PA school. Many of you PA students who are listening may be thinking, well, duh, I can totally feel these symptoms right now, right? But I just want to take a moment to validate that there are studies that support what you're feeling. So the first article that I want to mention is called Assessing Trends in Physician Assistant Student Depression Risk, Suicidal Ideation, and Mental Health Help Seeking Behavior. And this study showed that When they assessed PHQ-9 scores at orientation of PA students, students that had a score of 10 or greater were at 4.5% of the students at orientation. Then at the midpoint of didactic year, it went up to 18.9%. Also, those that had endorsed thoughts of self-harm and or suicidal ideation or suicidal thoughts in the past two weeks increased from 3.5% at orientation up to 7.4% at the midpoint of didactic year. And then there's another study called The Relationship Between Depression, Anxiety, and Burnout Among Physician Assistant Students, a Multi-Institutional Study. And this study looked at Virginia PA programs in 2018, and they had PA students complete the PHQ-2, the GAD-7, and the MBI, which is a burnout inventory scale. And 320 PA students participated in this. 23% were found to be at risk for depression, 43% met criteria for moderate to severe anxiety, and then they found that both anxiety and depression significantly predicted emotional exhaustion, and there was 
significant association between depression and cynicism. So again, I just want to point out that you are definitely not alone with those feelings that you have noticed because PA school is very challenging in more ways than one. So let's talk about how you can take care of your mental health in PA school. So let's first talk about the basics. Many of us know this, but you need to address the foundations of your physical and your mental health because they are so interwoven and connected. So the first is the nutrition and the food that you eat. So it's really important that you try to focus on those nutritious foods like vegetables and fruit, proteins such as meat, fish, nuts, eggs, dairy if you tolerate it, etc. Those nutrients are those vitamins that you eat. Again, they help with both your physical and your mental health. If you have a lot of anxiety, you might notice that caffeine can make your anxiety worse. It makes your heart race. You can feel more jittery and amped up. And then alcohol can affect both anxiety and your mood, especially if you're drinking too much alcohol. Another basic for your mental health is exercise. And I like to tell my patients that any type of exercise is beneficial for both your physical and your mental health. So whether that's cardio, whether you're going to the gym, using elliptical or treadmill, or biking, or playing a sport with your friends or classmates like basketball, volleyball, soccer, etc., or lifting weights, or doing yoga, any type of exercise, including simply walking, is very helpful for your mental health. Another foundation for your mental health is sleep. So it's really important that you prioritize your sleep. That's really challenging when you're trying to study into the late hours of the evening for a test the next day. But there comes a point where trying to push past that and stay up really late just makes your cognition and your memory worse the next day for a test. So you need to make sure that you treat your sleep as sacred. This also goes back to things like caffeine and alcohol. Those can interfere with your sleep, especially if consumed later in the day for caffeine. If your sleep is suffering and you feel like you have good sleep habits overall, like avoiding electronics in bed and perhaps maybe an hour before bed, trying to sleep in a cool, dark room, avoiding caffeine in the afternoons, etc. If you feel like you're still having bad sleep and you're practicing good sleep hygiene, that could be a symptom of anxiety and or depression. So we just covered a few of the foundations of mental health while in PA school. Let's next talk about support. So you can get support from people like your classmates and your friends that you meet during PA school, other PA students online or through social media, different groups online, your friends from home, if you are going to PA school out of state or out of town, your family members, your significant others, and even faculty can all be resources of support for you. So although PA school is very challenging and can consume your time, it's still really important to keep up in relationships of those people that provide support in your life. And if there's a certain class or topic or organ system that you're struggling with, definitely reach out to your faculty, whether it's the specific professor or the director of the program, or if you have an advisor there, discuss what you're struggling with and see what they can do to try to help you better understand that topic or point you 
to different resources that could be helpful. Another huge thing that I encourage you to do for PA school is to manage your expectations. And I don't mean to sound pessimistic when I say this, but I want you to understand that you very likely will not get straight A's during PA school or really high scores on all of your exams like you did in undergrad. So our professors at our program, I remember them telling us that at the beginning of PA school, and it felt like it took a lot of pressure off of myself. And that's not to say that you shouldn't try hard or study hard, but how they phrased it and pointed it out to us was that all of us in our class had really high GPAs in undergrad, or at least most of us. So many of us can be overachievers, type A personalities, et cetera, where we feel like we need to get this really good grade, right? Well, if all of a sudden you are in a class with maybe 25 students, 50 students, 100 students who are all like that, then all of you cannot be in the top 5 to 10% of your really smart class, right? So this is not excuse to not study or learn the material, obviously. But what it is is, hey, when you are in PA school, you do your best and it's okay to get passing grades and get through the sections and through the material because it is a ton of information in a little bit amount of time. So make sure that you are managing your expectations. Along with that, know when to take breaks. And what this means is going back to feeling like you have to study constantly and study really late into the evening every single night or study all weekend long. No, no one is made in a way that they can do that and sustain their physical and their mental health or the relationships in life. So it's really important that you recognize, hey, right now my brain is absolutely fried. I feel like I literally cannot study anymore. And if that's the case and it's in the evening and bedtime, go to bed and prioritize your sleep. Or I remember during PA school when there would be multiple tests or quizzes in a very short span. And that's you know, true for a lot of the didactic year, right? But there would be some times where it just seemed like an excessive amount. And you feel like you're doing your absolute best, but sometimes your brain and your body would just hit this wall. And I remember looking over to my friend, it was Kristen, who we now work together, which is really fun. But I would look at her and we would have this like instant knowing with this look about how we're both fried and Instead of trying to study and cram, let's have one of us over to the other apartment and have a meal together, like sushi or stir fry or something like that, and then watch a movie. And I remember that that provided solidarity and validated how we were each feeling versus feeling like we had to power through and suck it up and chug more caffeine to try to stay up till midnight to study making our sleep suffer, making our memory suffer, and our mental health suffer. And if you do meet people in PA school that become friends, many of them will become your lifelong friends, which is really cool. So those times, whether with her or my other friends that we would go to sushi happy hour or something like that at a restaurant, you're not only taking a mental break from PA school, but you are also learning more about each other and cultivating and nourishing that relationship with each other so that you can be friends in the future too and potential colleagues. So recognize that it is okay to take breaks every once in a while while you are in PA school and don't beat yourself up about it. 
Before we continue this episode, I want to highlight a few more features of today's podcast sponsor. Picmonic is great because it uses audiovisual learning to help you with retention while studying. You can also reinforce what you learn and track your progress with thousands of built-in rapid review, multiple choice quizzes within your Picmonic account. Picmonic also uses intelligence-based repetition algorithms to automatically adjust to your learning needs, so you'll be reminded to review the right information at the right time, which increases your long-term retention. Picmonic is also integrated into the True Learn question bank, so you can study exactly what you need to and test your knowledge at the same time to help you pass your boards. I wish I had a tool like this back when I was in PA school and as a new grad studying for pants. Thankfully, I can now use Picmonic as a resource to study for Panry. Sign up today using the link in the show notes or code PAFI to claim your discount of 20% off your Picmonic membership. Now back to the show. Another option that you can consider for your mental health is to ask your program if they have therapy resources for you as a PA student. So some of my friends and colleagues, I asked them about what was helpful for their mental health during PA school. And some of them said that their PA program offered group therapy sessions, which is really cool, with other PA students to, again, assist with feeling validated and recognizing that you're not alone and probably do some problem solving with each other about how to get through that hard time during PA school. Or some programs will offer individual therapy as well through the program. So definitely reach out to your program for resources. And if they don't have anyone that's necessarily affiliated with the program, they might be able to point you to a resource or you could always call your insurance and ask them if there's anyone locally that might be covered under insurance as well. So in addition to validation and support and problem solving during some of those therapy sessions, another technique that might be covered by a therapist could be breathing exercises. So for example, I know that there were people at RPA program and I've heard of others as well, where depending upon what was going on, such as a very stressful exam or a spall where you are seeing paid actors that are pretending to be patients or other type of high stress situations, it unfortunately can be somewhat common for PA students to suffer panic attacks where their anxiety flares, they're breathing really fast, their heart's racing, and they feel like they can't calm down. Therapists are really good about reviewing different types of breathing exercises that can be helpful. But even if you were to research it online or look it up on YouTube, There are different tools that you can find as well to help try to calm your body down during those moments yourself. And then besides therapy, you could also consider integrative modalities to help with your mental health, such as acupuncture. Our mental health clinic that I work at currently is a holistic wellness type of clinic as well. So we have an acupuncturist that can help our patients that have mental health concerns. Massage can be helpful for people as well. And there are lots of other types of options out there. If you are a person that potentially has ADHD, whether with or without depression and or anxiety, some people can find that besides medications, working with an occupational therapist can be helpful for ADHD. They can review different tools and techniques and tips of how to help with your symptoms on a day-to-day basis. I've also had patients tell me that they have found ADHD coaches online as well 
that they meet with and have found to be beneficial. And then also you can consider medications for your mental health if you feel like that's needed. So many standard medications like SSRIs, SNRIs can be super helpful for depression and or anxiety. Hydroxyzine can be helpful as needed for panic attacks. Beta blockers can actually be pretty good too. And how I like to prescribe beta blockers if a patient doesn't quite need them daily is to discuss taking them 30 to 60 minutes prior to an anxiety provoking event. So for PA school, maybe that's your SPAL or your really stressful exam or a presentation you have to do. And beta blockers are really good for those physical anxiety symptoms where your heart is racing and beating out of your chest. So they help calm you down, calm your heart rate, and you don't feel as amped up because they also treat blood pressure. Obviously, you need to review side effects with your provider, but they could result in lowering your blood pressure too much, which could cause you to pass out or things like that. So any medication comes with risks. So you should have that discussion with your provider. There's also a supplement that's available over the counter or online through Amazon. It's called Silexan. And I encourage you to do your research about the supplement and discuss potentially with a provider as well. But it is essentially lavender oil. And there are studies that show that it's beneficial for anxiety, stress, depression, insomnia, etc. So you can read about those studies as well. Common side effects are GI symptoms like burping that tastes like lavender or constipation, diarrhea, or even headaches as well. Lavender could slow down the CNS, the central nervous system. So should it mix with anesthesia or sometimes other medications that also depress the CNS like sedatives or other sleep meds. So it's really important before you start either an FDA approved medication or supplement that you do your research and discuss with a provider as well the pros and cons and risks and benefits. And then finally, for your mental health, because this is a financial podcast, I also want to recognize that PA school can cause a lot of financial strain because you are very likely going into a fair amount of debt and or may not have a lot of money to live on month to month. So you could consider things to earn a little bit of extra income. Some PA schools make you sign something saying you can't work during PA school, so you should check with your PA program. Or discuss, hey, well, I'm not going to have a consistent job. This is just very casual, as needed type of work on the side and see what they say about it. So one option is if you are young and healthy, you can consider donating plasma. And you could use that time to also study for PA school. Or again, more of a mental break by reading a book or watching your favorite show or movie. You could also potentially find a job where you are a study hall monitor, and that might not be at an actual PA program, but maybe a local undergrad, college, or university, or perhaps even a high school where you are there monitoring those in the study hall, but because it's quiet, you are also having the opportunity to study yourself. And then another option to consider is perhaps if you love animals and love dogs in particular, Rover could be a good option where you sign up to walk other people's dogs and then you are multitasking again with getting a little bit of dog therapy if that's your thing and earning a little bit of money and getting a little bit of exercise in for your physical and your mental health. I'm sure there are many more types of creative 
side jobs that PE students have had over the years. Maybe you can find out through some of your classmates or by searching online for some other ideas as well. So that's the information that I have for you for today about how there are different things that you can do to take care of your mental health and protect it while you are in PA school. And I really hope that you found this information helpful. If you did, please share with your PA classmates and friends or any future PA students that you know that are going to be starting soon. So they have these different suggestions of what they can do to help with their mental health. Also, if you found this helpful, feel free to reach out to me through social media. You can find the information in the show notes or you can send an email to pathefiway at gmail.com. Or it'd be incredibly helpful if you were to go ahead and leave a review of the podcast, either through iTunes, Spotify, or any of the podcast players that you listen to this on so other people can find the show to try to help them as well. I hope you have a great rest of your day and I'll see you back here soon. Thank you for tuning in and I hope that you decide to continue to join me along this journey of becoming a PA the FI way. Please take a moment to press the subscribe button on the platform that you are listening to this on, but more importantly, consider sharing with another current or future PA that could benefit from the information that we reviewed in this episode. Take care and have a great rest of your day. Until next time.